Hello, everyone. Welcome to Adventures in Lollygagging. We are playing Forbidden Lands again, and in true Steven fashion, I am just going to jump right into it. Uh, remember, if you want to catch up, uh, we do have session summaries uh, that can be found in the wiki. Uh, Jeff is going to post that link. Uh, and let's get to it. We are going to focus on Gunk specifically because Zaldrin is in a bad spot and I want to pull the tension out a little bit longer. Gunk, you are still in the Scrailing Warren. You're still deep underground. Uh, the Rat King is nearby, but you've probably started to uh, mingle a different direction. You were uh, talking with your good buddy Stick. Uh, you're best friends with him now. As you're wandering through this warren, there's a lot of uh, activity. Uh, scrailing are just constantly pushing past you. This warren is just bursting with scrailing. Uh, it cannot hold as many scrailing as uh, are currently here. And you may not necessarily be feeling nostalgic, but it's definitely bringing back memories. You're remembering the last time you lived in a warren, what that was like. And as you're feeling this, you start to feel a tug at the very root of your soul. And at first, you're thinking that this could just be wistful or nostalgia or uh, any sort of emotion related to that. But as you focus on it more, you realize that the Earth Mother is calling to you. This is a feeling that you felt relatively few times in your life. So you start to realize it. You don't necessarily know what she wants, but you also have trained your entire life to look for her signs. When did that training start? When did you first encounter magic? Yes, it was uh, not long before uh, Gunk's war and, and Kotsum uh, fled, uh, leaving him alone in destitute before he met Bacho. Uh, the Earth Mother uh, gave me sight. Uh, in, the, in the years uh, following, if you recall, the encounter with the serpent creature uh, in the deep uh, tunnels uh, below my warren, where we were told never to go. Uh, well, eh, we did not listen even after that situation. And I continued to explore, uh, despite the Rat King's warnings. Tulip often came with me as well, my dear friend. Tulip, uh, there were treasures there. There was lore. There was something else. I could sense it, that there was something else down there calling me, and, uh, well, once more we made a very wonderful and terrible discovery. We found this ritual chamber that was filled with old urns and half-broken statues, and while exploring this chamber and trying to retrieve a, a small but beautiful piece of crystal held by one of these statues, I, I triggered some sort of trap. And this dark gas was released from the mouth of the statue, and it filled the room, not with normal darkness, as, as any scrailing could easily navigate, but instead with a fog of black and spores and rot. Now, neither myself, Gunk, or Tulip, we could see at that point, which was very frightening, as we are used so often to seeing in the dark. Our eyes began to water, our throats started to scratch, and we both knew that well, death was most likely about to find us. And it was then, right then, that I heard the thrumming from the ground, the, the Earth Mother's call, her very first call to me. Words forced themselves out of my mouth in a voice unfamiliar to me, the sound of a, of a grandmother, the sound of stone, the sound I would later come to realize a goddess 
And well, from those words burst an impossibly bright light that seemed to burn away the black fog and showed both, uh, both myself and Tulip which way to go. We were free, we were breathing, but the light was so very strong, so very bright, and I was not yet able to control some of these powers that the Earth Mother had shown me. And sadly, Tulip's eyes, they were burned. They turned white as milk. No pupil, no iris, no color at all. And she cried, but no tears fell at that point. And I did lead her, of course, back to the warren, but by then she had stopped talking to me. And she never did again after that point. And within a fortnight, the warren, well, they would flee at that point. Both Katsum and Gunk, for most likely good reason. So where well, Gunk had lost a friend, he had gained a patron. A fair trade, possibly. I am still not sure. Oh, you just made me so sad. Okay. You start coming out of the war and uh, making your way back to the surface level. Uh, again, you're going through multiple layers of warren that have been dug through the layers of ash and uh, sediment and all different types of soil and rock. Uh, you make your way back. You can finally see a bit of the light. Uh, it, it's gloomy out, but it's still light uh, for another quarter day. And as you uh, exit the warren, you're moving through the entrance and you're almost pushed over by another scraling trying to get through the same entrance. And it just uh, shoves you a little off kilter and it turns your line of sight and you see there's a crowd of scraling uh, on the other side of the warrens. Remember, there's 20 different ways into this warren. And you get a glimpse of a scraling with just completely white eyes. But then another scraling passes in front and you don't see them again. Tulip. Uh, he will hurry over to where he saw her. Tulip. Tulip. You start yelling for Tulip. Uh, you're moving uh, through the warren. Uh, it's probably about 30 yards from one side to the other. And as you're moving, uh, you're interrupted by a very sharp noise. You hear a flock of ravens above. And you look up. And you see that they are scattering in all directions. And as you well know, that is one of the darkest omens the Earth Mother can give you. Oh dear. Oh dear. Oh no, 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 no. Uh, is it directly over the warren? Would, uh, would Gunk think it is an omen directly for himself? Or would he think it might be uh, directed towards the, uh, towards the warren of, uh, of Terra? With the feeling you had earlier... It would definitely be something that the Earth Mother is trying to speak to you. The location of it could mean the Warren. Uh, it wasn't directly over the Warren. Uh, if anything, it was closer to the actual town of Terran. Mm -hmm. It's hard to say. It, it takes multiple signs to really understand what the Earth Mother is telling you, but she's telling you something not good is happening. Gunk will will seek out, uh, if he can, uh, near these uh, where the ravens are scattering, find a... a a, a bare uh, patch of earth, uh, dirt, mud, whatever he can. And he will start scraping into it, scraping into it, and trying to dig a, a small kind of hole or ditch. Uh, before you even uh, get to start digging, uh, you go to where the ravens uh, left, 
and you see that there is a massive carcass of a fish uh, lying on the ground, and it's just torn apart. You can tell that the ravens were feasting on it. You look up and about and into the nearby tree line, you see a lone wolf walk back into the forest. Look at the fish. Uh, what the... What kind of fish is it? Very large, very, uh, is it? For you, it's very large. uh, Probably two and a half, three feet long. Okay. Ravens, but they would not have, ravens would not have taken the fish out of the water. That is perhaps the wolf. And then he will very carefully try to go, like, sneaking after the wolf at that point. Is this, you want me to, mother, the wolf, do you want to Follow the wolf. I will follow. I will follow the wolf. Yes, and so uh, Gunk will will try to follow the wolf a little bit. And we're going to cut there as Gunk disappears into the shadow of the forest. And we're going to move to Zaldrin. Zaldrin, you are currently in a muddy alley. Uh, you are covered in muck and grime yourself uh, from playing tug of war with several ch- local children. Uh, they were grabbing one end of your spear, and you were just throwing them in the mud. Everyone was having a good time until an elf child stepped up and thought that he was stronger than you and challenged you to a one-on-one tug of war. Needless to say, uh, you soundly trounced him. Uh, He fell into the mud, immediately started wailing, drew a huge crowd. Despite the rain and the bad weather, uh, there are quite a few elves and humans just watching you right now. The elf child uh, stood up and ran away. He tripped again as he ran away. And another elf came forward. A uh, taller elf with dark skin, short curly hair, and a very stern face. And he told you that that was Austin, the fourth son of Gideon Brennan, the king of Terran. And then after you had your exchange, you asked if the kid was okay. He told you that if that child is harmed, you will be hung. We're going to pick up right in that moment where this elf sees that the crowd is starting to turn against you a little bit. And he holds his arms up. I will handle this. Justice will be served. He looks at you directly in the eye, says, follow me. And without even waiting for a response, he starts to just walk away. What are you doing? Uh, Zaldrin is just going to kind of look off and just sigh. And then she's going to look around and just see if she can see uh, Mirren or Bacho or Gunk anywhere. At this point, you would not be able to see them. Terran is a relatively large town. Uh, Bacho has been searching for uh, the arsonist in town, and Mirren is close to one of the town walls by a barracks uh, training with a longbow. So unfortunately, you are not close enough to see either of them. So Zaldrin is going to take her um, her new uh, long spear that she was kind of playing tug of war with, and she's just going to kind of fasten it to her, you know, kind of pack, cross her arms, and just walk after the elf. You walk for a few minutes. You can tell that you're heading to the richer part of town. Everything above ground is already immaculately kept, uh, very well maintained. And the only people allowed to live up there are people who are wealthy, uh, like the wealthier craftsmen, uh, the elves, and uh, people that provide a 
more valuable service. But as you're moving through this town, you realize that the houses are getting larger. Uh, the woodworking is finer. Uh, the wood planks that go through the center of the the streets and alleys, those are getting wider and uh, there, there's space for more elves to travel across them. Is there still room for me to not walk on the wood? Yes, there, there's still okay. mud on either sides. Uh, okay. And there's a few spots where like the wood crosses to a different building and you kind of have to jump over it a little bit. Uh, there are like specks of mud here and there from where you can see multiple people cross there. So you, you're not worried about crossing a cultural line or anything like that. But he eventually reaches a fairly large wooden house, almost resembles a cabin of sorts. Uh, the The bark has been stripped from the woods. It's not from the wood. It, it's several logs that build up the walls. You still have the thatch roof uh, in a curved arch, uh, but there's a rather large door that leads in as well. And he goes in the door and just leaves it open. Zaldrin is going to look down and see if there's any way from the mud she's in to get to the door without stepping on wood. You can get fairly close. The wood plank goes directly up to the door and you can see inside his house. He actually has wood flooring, which is extremely expensive. Zaldrin is looking for something that looks akin to a doormat. Nothing there. Zaldrin is going to stand in the last inch of mud that there is, and she'll just stay put, arms folded. After a few moments, you hear an almost exasperated sigh from inside. I am your only advocate right now. Do not test me. Follow me. That's what I was looking for. Thank you. And so she's going to, you know, kind of do that thing when you, you know, kind of like scrape your boot against like the side of a sidewalk or something and just try to kind of like kick mud off a little bit and then she'll follow in you enter this large house and you're in a very uh spacious room the fact that there is so much space also speaks to the wealth that they would just waste all this construction on open area uh that's not used for any practical purpose there is a long dining table uh, in the center of it and a a uh, fireplace on one side and one of the walls just has uh, racks and racks of hunting spears and they look extremely polished in perfect condition. You being an expert in the spear, you would safely take a guess that they've never seen any sort of use whatsoever. You see the the man is standing on the other side of the table and he tells you, put the spear on the rack, take a seat. Will do. Uh, it's a do I take it this is your home? Yes. I see Who are it's you? It's quite the collection. Uh, I am Zaldrin. I have a group of companions that I have been uh, traveling with. We... Are your companions also orcs? Would it be a good thing or a bad thing if they were? I require the truth. As do I. Let me tell you a bit about your situation. You have assaulted the king's son. By now, that son has gone and ran to his father and told his father about how you tried to murder him. That would not be the truth. It does not matter. If you tell me the truth, I can help you. Understood. And so she'll describe her traveling companions, clarify that uh, she is the only orc in the group, and will fill him in on the tug-of-war events of the morning. 
he sits there and listens and he asks a couple questions, uh, prodding in certain directions, uh, like where you've been recently, how you arrived in Terran, things like that. And then finally, he gives you some information about himself. I am the Delair Grinmore. I am a sort of mayor of Terran. I require a service, something that uh, many warriors have been reluctant to take up. If you give me your oath and perform the service, I will ensure that there is no trial. What is the state of your warriors that they have failed at this task? It is not that they have failed. It is a very dangerous task. It is You urgent. have warriors that have refused a task of their mayor? I do not command the town guard. It is a very urgent task. It is rather time sensitive. It requires traveling quite a distance. It requires traveling during the week of Gwynnot, which you know is the week of darkness. This is not ideal. I can understand why your warriors have declined. Why was this not done before this week? The matter just presented itself. I understand. Feel free to refuse, although you will be tried as an assassin and orc spy. The Brennan himself will, of course, be your judge, and I believe he will favor on the side of his son. So you are telling me that your town does not value honesty and justice. Median Brennan values himself above all. You can consider his son to be an extension of himself. He appears to be a spoiled pissant brat. You get the slightest of smirks from this guy. I would not speak that way of the royal family to anyone else. That's sort of what I was looking to see, how he would respond. I must say this feels a bit like blackmail, if I'm speaking truth. I would say it is blackmail. You may refuse. What what would I be doing? I don't believe you actually told me that. In two days' time, you will meet Okta, Master of the Seabeard, and you will begin a sea voyage to your homeland, Orokoa. You will deliver a message that Okta has. You will ensure that it is delivered and that Okta arrives safely. You mentioned companions. They would be able to also take work as warriors and guards of Okta. And I'd be willing to pay them. Departure is in two days? Two days. It is on the final light of Andal, the very end of the week. Would I be able to confer with my traveling companions before agreeing to this? No. I see. If you leave that door without giving me your oath, I will ensure that there is a trial. Given those circumstances, I am not the brightest, but even I know this is a poor situation that I find myself in, that I do appear to be at your mercy. I would find it to be quite a fortunate situation for myself as I'm not often given the services of an orc warrior. I have your, your oath. perspective, this seems like quite the boon for your day. Indeed it has. And your oath? Given. Very well. Meet Okta with the Seabeard in two days. You may go. Zeldrin will gather her spear back from the wall. And she just wants to be just a little bit nosy on the way out. She's not rushing out. She's taking her time, putting her pack back on, just being nosy. What else might be visible in this space? Are you looking... What, what are you trying to figure out? Uh, it seems to be a very, very wealthy space, the likes of which you probably haven't seen. Uh, very fine woodworking on the floor and the walls. Uh, there are some fine tapestries hanging from the walls as well. Uh, there are uh, 
two doors that lead to further back rooms. And as far as you can tell, it's a very well-maintained place, entirely clean inside, uh, swept quite often. So what specifically are you looking for? I'm grinning at chat because now I just have to. uh, (laughs) Now I just have to. Could I use your bathroom? Uh, Exactly. The then you best sneak time down the to hall sneak around someone's house and go right? investigate and you someone's say I'm a troll, Jeff. That's so great. <laughs> Look in the medicine cabinet. Fun- anti-fungal cream. Weinfeld. Uh, so yeah, I think she's finding herself in a very well-apportioned home that she would not generally find herself in, and so she may very well just say, "Well, it appears that I have a bit of a walk back to their facilities." Well, you have two days to make it on your walk back. You may go. She has absolutely no urgency in her. Give me a manipulation. Roll for slow walking. Audience dice. Audience dice. Okay, thank you, because I have zero manipulation. So thank you for that. uh, This is a great opportunity for audience dice. (laughs) Very important. Um, I'll push that because there weren't any ones. So let's see. Oh, no. Uh, Still no sixes or ones. So no. The longer you take, the more fierce his glare gets. You take your time. You slowly put on your pack. You're looking around and his eyes never leave you. Uh, just waiting for you to leave the leave the room. Uh. You are not able to convince him to let you stay a little bit longer. Uh, You also get the sense that it's not very often a non-elf enters this house. So he's trying to keep you from disturbing the peace. And she'll look back. Do I need an escort after I have no longer darkened your doors? No. Although you may wish to hide your face. It would not be good if someone recognized you from the crowd. She does nothing to cover her face before leaving the door, <laughs> but she will take a different path. So like she'll go out the door and like go a different way. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Uh, let's cut to, uh, let's start with Bacho, but I, I wanted to ask you did most of your scouting and tracking. Would it be fair to say that you're looking to regroup with the rest of the pack? Yes. Bacho was looking for his pack. Uh, at this point, Woford is long gone as well. He mentioned something about meeting someone at the tavern uh, in the undertown. So, Bacho, you start uh, wandering around and give me a scouting check. This isn't a huge deal. I'm just going to decide how long it takes you to find someone mm-hmm. in your pack. All right. That's uh, five wits and two on the scouting. Uh. Th- Two successes and a one, so I'm not going to push it. Just the two successes. The easiest way for you to uh, travel through this town, uh, it's built in a large square with four quarters. So if you're not near one of the two main roads that dissect the town, it's easier to walk along the wall, and that's the path you start taking. Uh, You're sticking to the mud along the side of the walls. The planks here are rather... Uh, thin and narrow. It seems like elves don't come here very often. And Mirren herself is not too far away uh, at a barracks uh, that's near one of these walls. Uh, Remember, these walls are just a wooden palisade that are built on top of the old stone walls. So you can see uh, battlements here and there sticking out maybe a foot or two from the ground inside 
And then the wooden palisade is just a bit past that. What do you do when you see Marin? Little pack sister, how does your training go? Oh, I think the um, tall, hairless ones have done an adequate job. I can actually do, and she'll grab one arrow and shoot it and then quickly grab a second. I think I've actually got the trick of it now. Mm. Well done. The knife ears are good for something, at least. Yeah. I've got a, I've got a, an idea of where we can track Cole, the smith's construct. But we must find the rest of the pack and, and decide if this is what we wish to do. Do mm. you know where Zaldrin or, or Gunk has gone to? Uh, Gunk, as far as I'm aware, is still down out uh, with the, in the, the Warren, but Zaldrin wandered off uh, some time ago. I, I don't know where she ended up. Mm. Perhaps we make our way back to the tavern where we're staying and they'll show us eventually. Mm, yes. But first we must stop by the Smiths. He was supposed to see if he can get us a pass to be up here overnight. That would be good if he actually wants anything done. All right. I'll follow okay. your lead. So the two of you start uh, making your way through these muddy streets. Uh, the rain is still coming down. It seems as if it's starting to pick up. Uh, you hear a bit of thunder uh, coming in, telling you that there's going to be a storm soon. Over the noise you also hear a voice calling out, uh, piercing through the, the splatter of the rain, uh, the, the steps in the mud. You hear, Lift the veil! Do not be content with the pale facsimile of life that the so-called nobility and Kadaran would have you toil under. Throw off the yoke of the old gods. They care not for you and have blessed you with naught but pain. Uh, Bacha, whatever you do, just don't acknowledge and don't look at the person that's coming up and yelling, okay? Mm. Right, little pack sister. And yeah. Bacha, with his currently with his one empathy, goes right up to the guy if he can find him. Yeah, it's actually the same direction you were going. Um, and there is a small crowd around this guy, uh, entirely human, uh, dwarf, uh, maybe a halfling or two. Uh, the elves are walking by on the planks, completely ignoring him. They almost seem oblivious to him, as if they can't even hear him. Not a care in the world. The man is covered in tattered rags uh, wrapped around him. Some of them look like they used to be bandages, but they are, they've been soaked in blood for so long that they've turned brown. And uh, you see underneath these rags where there are openings uh, where you see his skin, he is severely burned. He has burn injuries almost over his entire body. When he turns to continue his uh, sermonizing, you see that his face also is uh, incredibly burned. Most of his hair is gone except for one long tuft that continues to grow. And he seems to be preaching a message almost her heretical, uh, telling people to stop worshipping uh, the gods that they know 
and to lift the veil. He continues talking about a veil of some sorts. Burnt pigskin. What is this veil you speak of? The veil, it is what separates this fake life from the true life. You're right, Mirren. He's crazy. Yeah, just, just. I sometimes I hold a hand up like this, and it works really well. Mm-hmm. And he'll continue sermonizing. Uh, sometimes people like you just uh, throw out a question. Uh, he always has some sort of cryptic answer to it. Um, at some point, he mentioned something about a maiden and a priest being the gods to praise. Whatever it is, it seems like gibberish. We don't. You guys want to remain or continue going? Let's find our way to Hayrig and talk to the Smith. I just, I'm going to yell one thing at him really quickly. What about the drowned dead? What do you think of those guys? The drowned dead. Those who go through the veil do not drown. Okay, yeah, definitely not a prophecy either, so let's just keep going. You guys continue on, uh, making your way to the blacksmith. Uh, It takes you a few minutes. Um, Zaldrin, give me a scouting roll, since you were also uh, trying to find a new way through this town. That's better. One success. Right. One success. Uh, you go almost the more direct route uh, towards the uh, center street and start heading the general direction uh, towards where you remember the blacksmith to be. You, you feel like if you get to the main street, you'll be able to find your bearings from there. As you're going a few minutes, uh, you actually see on the other side of the muddy street, uh, Wolfkin and a halfling walking together. I believe the halfling is on his shoulders? Oh, yes. Mirren's feet did not need to touch the ground while I'm here. Much yeah, they're about 100 yards ahead of you right now, Zaldrin, but you can tell that they're headed towards the same general direction as the blacksmith. Zaldrin will pick up the pace. Uh, and when she gets close, Acho. Mm. Zaldrin, it's good to see a member of the back again. Have you seen Gunk? I believe he is still out in the Warren. I have had quite the eventful day. How about yourselves? I think I know where Cole the arsonist will strike next. Oh. Eventful day, though. Uh, that doesn't sound good. Should no. we? Is it important enough no, that we not. need to? Oh, okay. Should we go out of town to see if we can pick Gunk up from the Warren instead of waiting for him to come back? It's not that urgent. I don't want to tell the story twice. Mm. Okay. All right. So the three of you uh, head to the blacksmith. And let's cut back to Gunk for a little bit. Uh, Thank you for waiting patiently, Jeff. 
uh, I had to torture Melissa and blackmail her a little bit. No, I perfectly understand. Yes. <laughs> you are moving through the forest, uh, trying to follow the the tracks of this uh, wolf. Give me a scouting roll. Okay, I'm I'm curious if I can use my pride for this out of uh, curiosity. Um, I have an ability to sense unnatural phenomenon, and since this is like um, an omen sort of led me this, yeah, I was wondering absolutely. if this could apply. Absolutely. Okay, perfect, perfect. Okay, uh, that would be very, very helpful then. Okay. Oh, oh I'm so glad I used that. Uh, what is uh, what is 10 on, uh, on the pride die? What is that? What is that? Is that uh, two? I believe that's two. One? Is it two? 10's two, 11's three, 12's four. Right. So two successes then. All right. With your first success, I'm going to tell you that from the, the glimpse of the wolf you got, it didn't look like it was infected with a parasite or anything like that, uh, if that was one of your concerns. If you remember the great white bear that you uh, first battled way back when, 10 sessions ago, uh, that one was very emaciated. It had open wounds and sores. This wolf seemed health, healthy enough. You're able to follow its tracks. Uh, it helps that the ash is slowly falling and the rain is making things wet, so it's leaving a decent imprint. As you're following these tracks, you start to realize how much bigger this wolf is than yourself. Oh. You don't know if it's an unnaturally sized wolf, but it's definitely one of the bigger wolves that you would have ever seen just by the, the size of its paw. Compared to Bacho, how big we talking? Like bigger, smaller? If Bacho was on all four limbs, it'd be about the same size. Oh, okay. Okay, feeling less uh, brave, but uh, I'm not afraid of wolf. I'm not afraid of what I am. Uh, I can talk to it. I've, I've, I know... I know you're a cousin. Like, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. All right. So you continue on your path. And the days are... It's already towards the end of the day. And you're going deeper into the forest. It's getting darker and darker. Not necessarily from the sun setting, but from the foliage growing more dense. The tracks are still fairly easy to follow. You feel like you should have caught up with it by now. Uh, you're moving fairly quick. And the wolf didn't seem to be in a rush at all. But there's still no sight of it. And as you're moving through, you hear a strange, strange sound. You look up forward and you see that there is a, a frozen pond. And the water is a very strange color of green. And that seems to be the direction that this sound is coming from. Sort of like a an echoing or maybe like a grinding of ice and stone. If you were on the ocean, you might think that it's two icebergs just grinding against each other. Okay, this is a little disconcerting. I would like to... Um stealthily approach this pond and see if I can get a better glimpse at what might be causing this sound. Uh, give me a stealth check. Okie dokie. I can do that. I'm not bad at that, but I will take audience die because I don't want to my character to die just yet. 
that is two successes again. Look at that. Two sixes. All right. With two successes, uh, you're sticking to the shadows very well. Uh, you're even making sure that you're uh, stepping in places that won't leave very obvious tracks. Uh, you're looking for twigs before you take a step so that you won't uh, accidentally uh, make a sound as you're moving through. You're getting a little bit further away from these wolf tracks, but you can tell that they lead directly to this frozen pond. And you start working your way towards it. And through the last glimmer of light from the veiled sky, you see it shine through some of this ice. And there are shadows writhing underneath. As if they could be massive snakes or tentacles again or eels something in that fluid motion uh, and they're just roiling and spinning over themselves you realize that the ice itself is not the green it's the water underneath and it splashes a little bit uh, you can see that there are like air pockets that open up as these uh, things are so massive that they're uh, moving the water moving the ice a little bit do these um, do these remind me of the tentacles at the base of the uh, the tower that we we searched where I found the crown? You can give me a lore check if you'd like. I would. I would very much enjoy giving you a lore check. Anytime you want me to roll lore, I'd be absolutely happy to. I'm so confident. I'm not even going to take an audience die. <laughs> I'm going to push. <laughs> oh no. Okay, good news, bad news situation. Uh, 30 successes, uh, but, uh, you know, uh, I had to think really hard. I have a bit of a headache. Wits damage. So little, the wits damage time. is coming in the form of horror. Oh, okay. As you're watching, you don't think that they're like the tentacles that you fought. Those had uh, very pointed ends with barbs on the end. And you see some of the ends of these as well. One of them very much just slams into the ice. There's a big thud. You can see it crack. As it goes back down, you see that there are rows of circular teeth marks in the ice. Wait. Wait. Circular teeth marks like the... Like the small... Like the oh, Except no, 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 no. Massive. No. Okay. Uh, the... He'll take one last look around for the wolf. If he doesn't see it, he will just whisper, thank you, Earth Mother. I shall warn. I shall warn. And and I think Gunk will slowly and quietly start to retreat away from the pond at this point. With your last look for the wolf, you see that there are tracks that go right up to the pond's ed edge and then disappear where the ice would be. Is there anything I can see from a distance that might suggest this wolf was... Um, was With that lore, we can say that you're... Sorry, I got some wolves outside. Um, we can say that you definitely feel that the wolf was a sign from the Earth Mother uh, okay. guiding you this direction. Whether the significance of the type of animal it is uh, remains to be decided. Okay. Because he is worried for multiple reasons for the wolf. It was a friendly wolf that aided me and was the Earth Mother's... Uh, sign but at the same time 
he recognizes the danger here and that it must, and that he is uh, not powerful enough to do anything about this, of course. He must warn people, he must warn his party, he must warn the Skrading, the elves, whatever, they don't, who cares? They won't listen to him, but the rest, they will. So I want to look quietly and carefully try to leave from here. As you uh, leave through the forest, quietly, carefully, slowly watching your steps, watching where you're going, uh, I think it's safe to say that as you're going a slightly different route, you realize that some of these trows, some of these trees look like they used to be grown in perfect rows. And there's a lot of trees interspersed between them now that have grown up in between. And then the conversation that you had a little bit ago with the racking about an orchard possibly being haunted or cursed, you feel like you might have stumbled into it. Oh, dumb, dumb, gunk, you still dumb, dumb. And, uh, he will, he, he's very aware of ghosts and that they exist and he knows what happened with Mirren. He does not want to be around for ghosts by himself. Uh, and so he will, at this point, run very fast and try to leave this orchard as quickly as he can. I will tell you that stealth roll was clutch. Otherwise, I would have thrown something at you. Oh, I figured you uh, would. That's why I made sure to stress the stealthily. Yes. <laughs> uh, so you're able to uh, get out of this orchard and the forest safely. Uh, it's been a good amount of this quarter day, but not the entirety of it because the warren was fairly close to where you are. Um, are you going back to the warren or are you going back to the town? I want to go back to my party. I want to find my friends. I want to tell them okay. what I have found. It's very important. Uh, you're rushing back as fast as you can, and it's a decent distance. It takes a few minutes to get back. Uh, but once you get out of the forest, you can see the the trail that's uh, been plowed by these sleds that the scrailing pull back and forth. So it's not hard to find your way. You, you see the, the town walls. It's getting darker. Most people are coming out of the city instead of going in. And as you reach the gate, you're actually stopped by a guard. No admittance this late. But uh, but my, I have a party waiting for me. I have uh, rooms at the Potato Inn. I can't remember the exact name, but it had many eyes. Yeah, sure, Scraling. You have a party up here. The Potato Inn's down, down underneath the Undertown. Go to the other gate. My apologies. Of course, of course. I got turned around. Did you try to find a way back down to the underground? Okay. Uh, let's cut back to the three of you. You make it to the blacksmith. Um, Hayrig will tell you that he was able to convince uh, some of the guards that you are working for him and that you will be staying overnight. However the guards did warn that you should not be out after dark. Fair enough, Hayrig. We'll of course have to be out after dark, otherwise we can't find Cole. But I think I know where he's likely to strike if he strikes tonight. Did you find him? Where was I he? No I have not found him, but I've tracked how he's moving through the city and what his targets are. So I think I know where he's likely to strike. Well, then we can find him before, before he starts another fire. Perhaps he should be, he should strike at the Mead hall. It is the next greatest hearth left in this city within the area that he is operating. 
that makes sense. He, maybe instead of starting the fires, he just grows the fires. I don't know. Perhaps. We have to save him. The The guards won't understand. You have to bring him back to me. I can help him. I have already guaranteed you that I would. I care nothing for these knife ears. They can all burn as all as far as I'm concerned. But I will save your coal if I can, if he allows me. Thank you. Remember our deal, Smith. Zaldrin Mirren, is there anything you want to do while you're here? Or are you good just waiting till darkness? Oh, well, uh, Mirren will kind of like look up at Bacho. Definitely, I trust whatever Bacho says. However, when you say you know how to help him, what exactly does that entail? I... I love him. I will care for him. I will be able to fix him. I made him. I can fix him. I I do worry that might be a slightly unhealthy attachment, but I understand. Uh, He's my son. Yeah. Of three days. Yeah. He kind of winces at that. But he he doesn't want to argue with you. You can tell that he just wants help. We'll do we'll do our best and we we promise to try to help you. I just I worry and you should think about how you're going to help him and what that actually means. I understand. I, I personally I think I, you should let him burn this whole damn town down. At least a few walkways, <laughs> actually. I would I would vote with Bacho. A few walkways could be great. <sighs> The loss of life would be catastrophic. Mm. They're knife ears. They're arrogant. They're weak. But fair enough. We'll save your. We'll save your coal. You'll pay oh, us, God. and we'll get out of your hair. Zaldrin will get his attention, but kind of lower her voice a bit and make sure that there isn't anyone around. Okay, uh, you guys are waiting a while, so you'd definitely be able to find a moment for that. Okay. Um. What are your thoughts on Gideon? And then, and I forgot to write down the name of the mayor. Gideon and Brynmore. Brynmore, okay. They're known not to like each other. There was a chance after Lannock fell that Brynmore would have become Brennan instead of Gideon. I do not know of their personal affairs. I supply them with weapons. I supply them with uh, metalworking. I occasionally make fine jewelry, but they do not speak to me often. When they make deals, do they keep their word? I have never not had them pay. Thank you. All right. So you guys are waiting for darkness. Uh, Let's cut back to Gunk real quick. Uh, Gunk, the situation you're in is that the guards don't seem to want to let you into the upper town. You can absolutely get under town. And you know that the only way from the undertown uh, back up is through that stairway, that amphitheater uh, that's been buried, which is also guarded. So you get to decide how you want to either try to talk your way past a guard or try to sneak in if you want to get to the above town. 
This interesting question. Mm. Bear in mind that these wooden palisades, uh, you're a scrailing, you have claws. Uh, mm -hmm. You could definitely attempt to climb. If you're caught, that could be bad for you, though. Right. I have telepathy, but it does. I can plant an idea, but it's not so much like it. It's not like the force where I can be like the these are the gunks you are looking for. It um, it's it doesn't really work that way. I'm just going through my spells to see if there's anything I could get out of this. Uh, yeah, I don't think there's anything I can do. So, because of that, I do have claws, as you said. And I am small, and uh, it's very, yeah, and it's getting dark, and the, the true mother will guide me. I think I will, I think I will try to climb after all. Yes, I think I will. Okay. Uh, you're able to scout out the town fairly well. You've already been walking a, a bit around it. Uh, from one gate to the other, you have to go across an entire quarter of this palisade. Uh, it doesn't seem to be a very well-manned palisade. There is a fighting platform uh, up above. You occasionally see a guard going. You definitely feel like you could slip past if you get your timing right. Okay. Um, let me see if there's anything I can do to... Okay. I'm going to... Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I don't... Yeah. I'm not going to do anything fancy with magic because that could go really bad if it goes bad. So I'm going to just try to stealth. Because the worst, you know, try to be okay. sneaky, try to time it right. And if I get in trouble, I get in trouble. Okay. All right. We're just going to do a straight up stealth check then. Okay. I am happy to do this. I am not Audience afraid of dice? stealth. Of course. Of course. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Come on, true mother. That is not a good roll. Uh, that is no successes. I will push. Oh, no. Okay, okay, okay. Two successes. Two successes. But, you know, also, I think I stubbed my toe as I take a... I'm racking up <laughs> willpower right now. You got a headache and a stubbed toe. <laughs> oh, that's not You're good. very rattled by what you saw. It However, you still feel the Earth Mother calling to you in a way. And you do your best to time it right. There are minutes between these guards after you spend some time watching where one guard passes and you feel like you've got at least three or four minutes before someone looks that direction again. Uh, you start climbing up and you feel another tug at the very root of your soul, the Earth Mother, just pulling you down a little bit. And... At, at first, you kind of fight it, but then you realize this is the Earth Mother helping you. And you start to duck back down as another guard just slowly crosses across the palisade. Uh, this one seems to be moving a bit more with a purpose. Uh, after watching a little bit, you're right on the edge of this wall. Uh, if, if anyone was walking around this corner of the palisade, they would absolutely see you. But it, it's not a very well-traveled part of the town. You obviously picked the place where the fewest people would be. And you see that the two guards talk to each other and it sounds like they're joking with each other. And then the first guard turns to leave. Uh, apparently it was, it was a changing of the shift. And with that, you, you have a bit of anxiety. You're a little bit shaky because of how closely you were as you got caught and you slip over the palisade 
and one of the uh, spiked wooden timbers just kind of slices you a little bit as you go. Nothing major, but just a little bit because you were more focused on the guards than yourself. Yes, doing your best not to say anything. Uh, from there, it's just a matter of uh, gently jumping down from the fighting platform, and you are in the muck of Terran. Uh, and you can start making your way to the blacksmith. Okay, I will do that. Oh, muck. I will reach down because it is new muck. Take a nice whiff. Smother some. It's not Put it on the wound. Muck. Rub some dirt not, in it. Not mad muck at all. Okay. And then I will just try to kind of scramble, keep my head down, but kind of looking, you know, furtively out of the, the sides here and there. And try to work my way towards the blacksmith. You don't have a badge anymore uh, because when you uh, left through the gate to go to the warren, uh, they took that back. But at the same time, elves never seem to look at anyone in the mud. Uh, so you feel like if you just stay to uh, the sides of the streets, uh, there's a good chance no one will stop you. However, most of the cards seem to be human, uh, and they do seem to be a little bit more curious, and you are a Skraling. So I would like to have another stealth roll, uh, okay. and because it's getting dark, I'll give you plus one. Oh, okay, 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 okay. I will burn. Dice. Here we go, mm. here we go. Uh, he's giving me a plus. I don't like using them when he gives me a bonus. You absolutely can. That doesn't bother me at all. Okay. Okay. Uh, then yes, I will take one. Thank you. We would like to not have another one of us uh, in legal trouble tonight. I'm kidding. I am an all-powerful sorcerer, necromancer, rat king thingy. <laughs> this is not the gunk you're looking for. Okay, 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 okay. I should probably re-roll that. It's like I have literally no sixes oh, gosh. I mean, okay, you need okay, the willpower okay. for spells. Okay, okay, okay. I stud my toe again, but also two sixes again. <laughs> <laughs> what is going on? Oh, okay, God. so you managed to make your way uh, through the town. You There are points like I described with Zaldrin where you have to jump over wooden planks to continue going the direction you need to go. And maybe you did stub your toe jumping across one of those, and it kind of uh, tripped you a little bit. You catch yourself, you keep going. Uh, it's a little bit harder for you to make that jump than a uh, normal-sized orc that uh, like these planks were designed for. But you manage to make it to the blacksmith. Uh, you enter the door and you see the four of them in there, uh, seemingly just biding their time. And when I when I when I come in, I'm going to immediately like scream and paint. As uh, like I'm bleeding from various parts. Oh, I've had a very oh, bad don't. afternoon. Miran uh, will run over. Uh, what what happened? What hurts? And she'll try to do like a medicine check on on Gunk. I believe you can't heal someone unless they actually take an injury uh, first un until they're broken. Okay, am okay. I correct in that? No, that is correct. You can't you, unless it's heal spells. Yeah. So uh, so let me oh. go break my ankle. And then yeah, you if you go get hurt a little bit up. more, <laughs> great. It, it is fine. It will be fine. It will be fine. I have something very tired. I have, I, I have okay, seen okay. something. The Earth Mother has spoken to me. She has, I have never felt her pull me so physically before. Normally she speaks in omens and signs and I have to read little things here and there, but she has physically pulled on me. It has been a very strange afternoon. I will go fast. Uh, and then he proceeds to take like a really long time to describe every little thing that happens not being fast at all. And then finally, I saw the raven flock disperse and then I followed a wolf 
into the forest, and I did not realize at the time that the forest was an orchard, and the orchard is haunted, but that is not important. But right then I found a pond within, and inside, inside the pond, were enormous, enormous tentacle eel creatures. The skaten, they're huge, though not small, huge, enormous. That's terrible. But wait, so are the ravens and the wolves like the same omen or are they like related? So like, I think it wanted me to go like the ravens showed up and she's yeah. like, hey, 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 look over here. Mm-hmm. And then I went and I looked and I was looking at the wrong thing. So she had to hit oh. me over the head again. And that was what the wolf was. Oh, so. oh, I see. I see. I see. So okay, that makes more sense. So we're hunting skate, and then after we find coal, we we, we could hunt them. Yes, yes, absolutely. I, we can't really set a pond on fire, so mm-hmm. I don't. Yes, but there are so many of them. There were they were just writhing underneath. I, I yeah, fear care a little. Whatever you'd like to get done in two days. What happens in two days? Two days? I thought we had like a few more days at least. We had to stay here for the the darkness. I need to leave in two days. What does that happen, Peck? Travel with me or not. Uh, I never quite seemed to learn my lesson about towns and royalties and snot-nosed children. All of those things combined means that if we don't take a boat and take a trip during the dark days, I will be put to death for not actually doing anything wrong, but towns and politics and snot-nosed children. Perhaps we just tear the throat out of whoever is troubling you tonight and leave it at that. Yeah, we could do that one. That is another option. But it sounds like we're looking for coal. And Mm. then we're going to an orchard. And we have two days, so we don't need to hurry with the throat ripping option. To be honest, I would love to leave this town and be on a boat again. It has been a while. Perhaps it would be good to be away from the stink of these soft pink things. No offense, Mirren. I mean, I'm not really the same as them exactly. Different race. You're far better than them. Far better. I can barely I know. Smell I know. I really am. You really are. I can barely smell I, I, the I mud just... over the stench it's, of these people. It's cinnamon. She always smells of cinnamon. I really, I just a bit of spice every now and again, Bacho, on your raw meat, it would, could do wonders. Mm, we'll see. But let's find this coal. The blacksmith has promised us much. Yes. Yes. Um, you guys need to think of your plan of attack about how you would like to try and sneak through these streets after dark. Um, while you're doing that, I would want to say that each and every one of you would know that traveling by sea through a week of darkness is basically a suicide mission. Um, there's constantly ash in the sky, so you can't see stars to guide yourself. Uh, the weather gets very cold very fast, 
there's a good chance that you'll hit an iceberg that you can't even see or that you'll come across land uh, because you don't actually know where you are. It would take an extremely skilled captain to be able to get you there safely. Uh, but I appreciate that you're siding with Zaldrin uh, in the camaraderie. So, Just uh, no. I'm a never fear. You. We'll either we'll either take the boat or we'll kill everyone who's irritating you. One of the two. Hmm. Why not both? Mm-hmm. And Zaldrin yes. just sort of looks over to the blacksmith, and <laughs> whatever he's doing. Yeah, uh, he would be willing to offer you any sort of help you, that you need, uh, but he he seems anxious and uh, restless, and he almost seems to be looking for things to work on just to keep his mind occupied. Uh, you hear a soft chink, chink, chink in the background as he's forging a very fine chain. Um, hey, Reg. Is there anything that we could say to Cole or anything of his that we could give to him that would help him understand that we are from you and that we are trying to protect him? Am I not going with you? Even better. I was unsure. Of course you're coming with us. He's my son. I, I need to bring him home. All right. So how would you guys like to go about this? Really quietly. Carefully. Uh, uh, I mean, covered in mud, probably. So probably box out. So long to hear Mirren say that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... It's camouflage. It makes sense. Probably have Hayrig show us, uh, uh, basically do a little small diagram of the town so we could figure out the, you know, the the most obscure path towards the Mead Hall so we can avoid most of the heavily patrolled or heavily walked areas. Irenial style. He brings out a whole bunch of stones and sticks and uh, starts (laughs) devising the battle plan. Uh, He'll... Uh, tell you like the the fastest way to the meat hall and it's not too far from you guys so there's a good chance that you could make it without being seen uh, especially if you wait for the very darkest uh, or the the deepest of the night um there will still be guards there will be relatively few chances are they'll be tired um and he does have uh several cloaks that he can offer you they're probably a bit small for Zaldrin and Basho probably a bit large for uh, Mirren and Gunk, uh, but you can make do, and they're dark enough that they'll help uh, hide your features and break up your shape as well. Uh, so you guys will get a plus one to stealth checks from those. Remember, you my guys friends, just want to... If a guard does come at us, we must silence him before he can let an alarm out. Gladly. Okay. Should we I'd like to have, do this. Oh, sorry. Yep. Go ahead. Should we just have Gunk lead us because he can see in the dark where we have a little bit of trouble with that again? I can do this, yes. Okay. I'd like to do this as a sort of pseudo skill challenge. Uh, see how that works in Forbidden Lands. Um, each of you can choose like what type of action or... Uh, the direction that you're uh, planning on taking, uh, not direction, but like how you're trying to assist in getting there efficiently. 
uh, and we'll factor up the successes here. And the plus one for the cloaks, that'll apply to everything here. Um, Gunk, you can see in the dark, so I, I'd give you a plus one for that as well. Excellent. I think so Archer I, would probably... Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, if he, is, if he is going to be leading the way, I think scouting probably makes sense for Gunk, since he's going to be looking as much as he is trying to be quiet. Would okay. that be okay? Uh, is that okay? I was asking you, is that okay? Oh, I don't mind. Okay. <laughs> I'm asking that also because I... I'm taking a lot of agility damage. <laughs> just trying to uh, be a little smarter. No, I mean, I'm just giving you trouble. I can um, also do scouting because I haven't taken any agility damage. Well, scouting is under wits, which is why I was asking to do it. Oh, okay. Yeah, got it. Go ahead. Yeah. Before okay. you roll, uh, let's go ahead and get uh, everyone declaring what they'd like to do, and then we'll roll them all at once and count the successes. Uh, a move check, maybe. Okay. Uh, and kind of piggyback off of kind of the scouting, and then, um, especially if I might have Mirren on my shoulders. Yeah. Uh, if you're flavoring it that way, where you're moving by helping her move as well absolutely let's go with that okay Bosch will just do a straight up stealth roll it's not a strength but it makes sense and it kind of makes sense that you are one of the ones that would stick out the most uh mm -hmm. with your uh shape so yeah, you doing stealth would thinking. be best uh Mirren, how about you uh i was also going to suggest stealth but i can grab survival uh just trying to like cloak us with mud and other things that would naturally appear in the environment. Um, if you're trying to cloak yourself, I would say that's stealth too. And it'd be okay if you both roll stealth. Okay. Okay. So that's audience roll. dice all around. Yes, audience please. dice if you need it. I do. We are looking for five successes here. Well, uh, uh, there's three of them. I just had right. a crazy good roll. Did I'm I say five? Work. I meant fifteen. I'm gonna push. There's 13 of them. Did I say three? I meant 13. No, I got, yeah, three. Okay, sixes. I got uh, I got two sixes and took two points of agility damage. I'm gonna push. I'm just gonna hold the one success. I've I'm not gonna push this time. Holy crap! Shouldn't have pushed. <laughs> oh no! Wait, hold on. Um. Sorry, I forget that there's two different kinds of dice. So just the one uh, agility. Just attribute, yeah. Yeah, just, just the one. I rolled three runs well, so I'm altogether. I'm not even used to you saying crap. No it still sounds like a cuss word coming from you. <laughs> Sorry. I saw yeah. the roll and thought, oh, gosh, I apologize. It's like, really I'll stream bad. it's F this, mother F in that. It's, it's, <laughs> it's really... Person like a sailor. It's pretty, it's pretty rough here, actually. <laughs> No uh, so how'd you do successes. No successes. So no we successes got, at all, and I took an agility damage. We got three from Gunk, uh, two from Bacho, you said? Two from And then Bacho. one from Mirren. That is six. So you guys just barely made it. Um, you're moving through these alleys, and there are a couple times where you have close calls. Um, it's difficult to see. There's no moonlight 
coming down through the ashy sky to light your way. So you're basically using the light that uh, comes from the, the cracks in a doorway or a shuttered window. Uh, it's all you have to go by. However, that also works in your favor is that it's hard for people to see you. The few guards that are out and about uh, tend to carry torches with them. So it makes it easier to avoid them as well in waiting uh, for them to pass by. There's a couple times where uh, you step on one of these planks by accident as you're crossing and there's a loud creak. The whole party kind of uh, stops and waits for any sort of response. Seems as if uh, the town is mostly asleep. And with that, you guys are able to make it to this mead hall. Uh, this mead hall seems to be fairly empty from the outside. Uh, you don't hear any noise coming from it. Uh, there is a warmth emanating from it. Uh, you know that there would be a rather large hearth right down the middle of it. And it you don't hear any sorts of feasting or uh, no one's having dinner in there. there. There's no noise coming from inside whatsoever. What would you guys like to do? Mirren just wants to hold a hand up to the door just to see how warm it is right now. It's warm. Uh, it, it doesn't feel like there's a huge fire like about to burst out, but it definitely feels warmer than it should. I think you're right, Bacho. This doesn't feel great already. Well, let us get in. Hey, Rig, you must speak with your son. And remember, less unhealthy, more what also he would like. What do you mean? He's my son. Of course he wants to come home. Listen to him as well sometimes. All right. So you go through uh, these doors. Uh, they're double doors. And trying to stay stealthy, you just uh, creak one open and just slide in you don't really have the luxury of poking your head in because so much light uh, f uh pours out into this alley uh illuminating you all so you just have to get in as quickly as you can and close the door behind you the feasting hall has two very long tables that run along uh different sides of the hall and then there's a table on a platform on one end of the hall the other end of the hall has several doors that appear to lead to smaller rooms. In between these two long tables is a massive hearth that is burning at a much stronger rate than it should. Uh, the, the fire, normally it's like coals and a few bits of crackling fire. It's almost reaching uh, the ceiling right now. And you can't see any source of real fuel that is uh, causing it to go higher but those flames are just massive and you feel like your skin is already baking just from being in this room. And yes. Uh, you know, magic, right? What about fire magic? Right. Uh, I was going to ask, do I sense anything, uh, magical about this? Uh, about you this absolutely heart? do. Uh, well, as you focus yeah. more on the hearth, there does seem to be a bit of a shadow that steps out from there. Probably about Mirren-sized, uh, but shaped vaguely like a human. There is 
a face carved out of wood no. with so empty <laughs> eyes. <laughs> empty eyes that you just see darkness inside there as if it's a hollow head. The hair is made from uh, a tangled mess of wire and nails uh, that look just like they were hammered in place. Everything is at like hard angles instead of like flowing curves. The body is almost like a solid piece of iron, uh, the kind of like pig iron or like a, what a, uh, a cauldron would be made out of. And there are two wooden hands as well, but they seem to be permanently carved into fists. And from one of those hands, you see a thin chain uh, that hangs down uh, and it's kind of wrapped around one of his legs but it, it trails back into the flames and this boy uh, steps out from the hearth and lands on the wood with a massive metallic thunk as uh, the wood uh, starts to crack and splinter underneath his weight. You hear Hayrig. Cole, my boy. I've missed you. You can come home now. We're here to help you. Do not step any closer. Do you not see the chain? that runs from his foot back into that fire. The the chain is, I forged it myself. He, this is not the first time he ran away. I believe the unhealthiness thing is coming up again. That's not good. As you look at Cole a little bit more, he's, he's backed by these massive flames that are almost reaching the thatch roof, uh, threatening to catch them on fire. And the hollow eyes that are just darkness, every now and then you see a little flicker of a flame uh, that just barely illuminates his empty head. Uh, and the, the beat almost feels like a heartbeat where it's just a bigger a flame and then a small flicker and then just quiet for a little bit. And then after a few moments, it happens again. And you hear a voice coming from him, but his face cannot move whatsoever. His mouth does not open. It's just a carved piece of wood. The voice, however, is surprisingly melodic. You wish for me to be cold again. Hi. Uh, your designation or your name is Cole, but you associate it with cold are you just wanting to be in a furnace all the time fire is life i create life you are dead i will make you alive no oh yep gotcha go for it (laughs) no you can return with your father to his forge you can burn this whole town down i don't care we were paid to find you. Also, uh, different people have different temperatures. What you like is a very hot temperature, but that doesn't mean I am dead. I know what dead looks like. It follows me around all the time. Hayrig becomes extremely upset with uh, Bacho's comments. You're supposed to help me return him. Your job's right. not done. He needs to come back. Cole, All right, let's get him. Cole, come back with me. And he starts moving towards the boy. Bacho, and the, the fire seems blacksmith. to get a little bit bigger with every step Hayrig takes. 
You see the sweat is just dripping down the dwarf's skin. What are you guys doing? Batchel, hold the creepy blacksmith for a hot second, please. Aha. Uh-huh. If he wants to die, it's his turn. It's his time. Go to your son if that's what you wish, hey Rig. So Take him if look you at can. Mirren. Well, we're you not going to remember for this job. Bacho's <laughs> only got one empathy. He is <laughs> emotional uh, stability is not his strong point at the moment. <laughs> I know. I remember. Zaldrin, Zaldrin will step in front of um, Herig. Ah, thank you, Zaldrin. And that's easy to do because uh, these long tables uh, kind of separate you and Cole anyway. So Herig would have to like go around them to really get to Cole or go over them. So as he's like picking his path, you're easily able to get in front of him. Appreciated. Uh, Zaldrin, just like keep him away because again, this is my boy. We need to bring him back. I can help him. Listen to him. Um, And Mirren will like hold up a hand to Zaldrin to like, just just hold on a hot second here. Hold, Hold him there. And she'll kind of like edge around the table a little bit so she can see Cole and if he enhances the heat as she gets closer. Give me a manipulation. This will reflect what you've been saying and your body language as you move towards him. Okay. One second here. That is one success and two ones, so I'm not going to push it. Okay. You do feel the heat rise a little bit, but not nearly as much as when Hayrig was moving towards. Uh, So you feel like you can uh, press your luck, so to speak. Hi, Cole. My name is Mirren. Nice to meet you. And she'll kind of like hold out a hand to to shake hands with him to see if he'll understand that gesture. His wooden head with the metal hair doesn't seem to be able to swivel on his neck. So his whole torso kind of contorts and you hear the creaking and bending of metal as he looks at your hand. He has no eyes, uh, but he faces your hand and then one of his uh, metallic arms reaches up with that wooden hand with the fist and places it out towards you. And I want an endurance roll here. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. You only need one success. Uh, He's not necessarily attacking you. No, he's just too hot. I'm going to have to push that. Unfortunately, that includes a one. Nope, I failed. Okay. Uh, You're going to... uh, Let me go ahead and... Oh, I'm sorry. He's got this ability. I could read it. Uh, You're taking one strength damage. uh, As you... His hand doesn't make it all the way to yours. And you start to put your hand towards his. And before you can even barely make contact... The heat emanating from his wooden hand uh, already starts to like burn and scald your uh, skin a little bit. You pull back immediately. You can see blisters are already forming. The the wood seems to be superheated somehow. But when you look at it, you can't couldn't even tell it was hot or burnt. Gunk, uh, you've been quiet a little bit. What are you doing during this? 
He's been being very, very careful. He's trying to, he knows that there's magic involved here, but he's trying to figure out the source of it. He's trying to, trying to determine if it is from the boy himself, if it is from some, um, something he is holding or the chain attached to him. He's, he's trying to kind of just watch and be careful and try to, to localize it more. I would say insight for that. Okie Plus dokie. one because you can detect magic and stuff like that. Okie dokie. Uh, I will do that. Plus one. Uh, one success. Okay. Uh, you can't determine specifically a source, but you do feel confident that it is coming from the child, uh, most likely somewhere in his metallic chest cavity. You, you feel like the fire behind him is almost feeding off of his energy rather than uh, any sort of magic that is making it grow stronger. So I will say to the um, to the father, the blacksmith, what is it you put inside of him? A lump of coal. But what kind of lump of coal? It wasn't just any. It, it was. It was a lump of coal. It, it was shaped like a heart. Where did you find this coal? I, I pulled it out of my furnace. Right. There is something inside of his chest that seems to be emanating magic. It is the source of this, I think. It is, um, it is what is uh, exacerbating the fire. I don't know what it is, but perhaps it is this coal. You say it is not... It is not special. You say it is not uh, magical. You are not lying to me, I presume. And then he'll cast telepathy at that point to try to get a better sense of what's going through the blacksmith's head right now. You're going to get all the creepy thoughts. Wouldn't be gunks. It wouldn't be a tele... Yeah, telepathy is going to go bad for him <laughs> one day. Uh, all right, let me roll to see if this goes bad. No twos or threes. Okay, that's fives. Okay. Okay. Uh, so it does not go bad. Uh, so, okay, I'm doing, uh, I'm, I'm doing power level two. Uh, so it's basically the probe deeper. Yeah. So, essentially, trying to get as much as I can out of him, uh, memories, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I'm trying to like give, like plant where his thoughts might go to by like prepping him with these questions mm -hmm. before I do telepathy. You get a series of memories, and as you're feeling these memories uh watching them through hayrig's point of view there's a strong emotion attached to each one just a very deep love uh and as you're feeling these memories watching these memories it almost transfers to you you almost start to love cole yourself just from uh the intensity of hayrig's emotion here it starts with a memory of him carving uh, the wooden face uh, out of a, a piece of solid birch. He carved it himself. He's not the best carver. You can see he cut his thumb a couple times, but eventually it gets there. And then it goes back before you see the, the wooden, uh, I'm sorry, the, the birch log that hasn't even been carved, and you see him hammering out uh, the chest cavity. You see him forming it. Before that, uh, you see him just gathering piles and piles of nails and wire, uh, just obviously 
very dedicated to this project. And then finally, you go back even further and you see he's hammering a horseshoe, it looks like, mundane. Uh, and he goes back to his furnace and he drops the horseshoe and grabs his tongs and he looks in there and he pulls out a coal that is shaped like a biological heart. Not heart shaped as in like the emoji, but it it looks like it has uh, the veins and the valves uh, and uh, it, it's red hot uh, as he pulls it out. Uh, it starts to cool very rapidly, though. He sets it on the anvil and he just watches it for a bit. You are hiding something. This, uh, this is not just any old lump of coal. I've seen it. It does not look like any old. It was heart-shaped. It looked real. What is what does you know that? I, I don't I don't know where because it came I from. am I just... a powerful necromancer and sorcerer. I shall not have my patience tried any longer by the likes of you. I have had a very long day, and I will not put myself nor my friends here in any further danger. Out with it now if you want your boy to live. I I honestly don't know. I, I it was in my furnace one day. I was working and I found it. I don't know where it came from. Uh, and with it your just, telepathy, uh, you would feel like he's telling the truth. Just showed up in there. Did you wish for anything? Did you speak uh, with anyone wish. beforehand? Uh, I, I've always wanted a son. And who knows of this? Where did you go and wish this? There are uh, many strange arcane places in this world. Places that we do not fully understand and the likes of you with your simple mind and your simple emotions might trigger something far more powerful than you can control. I I don't know. I all of my friends know that I I had a wife long ago and I we never had a child. I, I just wanted a son. That's all I know. Is there any lore test gun can do like that might click yeah, you can with make him? Lore yeah. Okay. Because he's getting really pissed off right now. <laughs> My ankle is so freaking swollen right now. Uh, two successes. Two okay. successes. Uh, first success. You're absolutely right that this coal, this lump of coal, has to be some sort of magical artifact. And the fact that it would be placed in that furnace... It, it's impossible that it would just happen. Like, it, it wouldn't spring up. You're absolutely right about that. Uh, second success. You know that this type of coal could be misused for many types of purposes. And the fact that this little construct construct uh, is starting fires, it could be that this was its purpose, that this coal was created to burn things and the blacksmith was an unwitting pawn in it. Gunk will say to everyone, he has, he has taken a, a magical artifact of some kind, the heart in the boy's chest. It, um, it is what causes the fire. Some fool he is, but he is not 
a vicious one or a villain. Someone has played him for the fool that he is. They have baited him into making this creature and in doing so, causing this havoc. Basho scratches his ear. Do we care that it's causing havoc in this place? I will not be cold again. No, we're not saying you need to be. What I don't understand, and Mirren will go look at towards Zaldrin and the blacksmith. You're a blacksmith. He creates fire. Why didn't you let him be your hearth? He would have been happier. I have a hearth. He's my son. I. But he. I, wants I wanted a family. Something different than you. You. You have to also let him be himself. He can't just be what you want him to be. But I made him. I made and him to be my son. Are you your father? Exact copy? Did you not have your own wishes and dreams? At this point, Hayrig is definitely starting to feel defensive, uh, especially with the questioning from multiple people. Um, give me a manipulation check. I'm going to say minus one, too. Well, this is going on. Bacha would actually not really approach Cole, but he would squat down so he's looking more eye to eye at Cole. And he would just ask Cole, do you want to go back to the forge and live with your father in his forge? Or do you want to stay here where you'll eventually be caught and destroyed by the knife ears? I create life. I will create more life. Do you want to create life with your father in his forge or not? I will make him live too. That's not my problem. I don't want that. See, okay, I won one success. I agree with Bacho uh, in a way, but uh, your idea of life, it doesn't mean our idea of life. There's a disconnect. Silence from him. Hayrig, on the other hand, says, I I understand now he, he cannot stay in the town. I, I will take him away. I, I will find a way to make him happy. That's fine by me. Bacho does not care at all. <laughs> Zaldrin, you've been quiet for a while, too. Uh, what are you doing? Uh, Zaldrin has been happily watching Mirren and her uh, people speaking skills and trying to make sense of all of this. Um, do you have... Hmm, yeah. Um, Zaldrin will turn to Mirren. Do you believe that there is a compromise? I, I do. I think, I think people are very emotive today uh and i'm trying to help manage that and i appreciate bacho and i appreciate you as aldrin uh but really i think the happy medium is just let him be the hearth and you can stay in the city and i don't really understand why that part is a problem 
because he would be happy being fire. You just need to teach him the concept of life. Easy. I will create life. No. The dead will join the living. Mm. <laughs> Bacho turns to, to the rest of the pack and quietly says, this thing is cra clearly crazy and plans on killing everything in this town. I suggest yeah. we're not here when it happens. All right, let's uh, we'll zoom out a little to, bit here. I'm sorry, go ahead, Zaldrin. Uh, Zaldrin would turn to um, Hayrig and say, you seem to be good at your blacksmithing job. That seems to be something that you know of. You did something here that you knew nothing of, and you now have a choice to make. You've brought something to this area that is dangerous. Removing it from this area will keep folks safe. Your peril is in your own hands. I will take him away. Uh, I'll keep him safe. I'll, I'll keep Taryn safe. I, I'll take him away. Let's zoom Good out luck. a little bit here. Uh, this construct is obviously not aggressive. It's not going to start attacking you. Uh, it would have started doing that right now. Hayrig is desperate for your help, but if you want to leave him, that's fine. What do you guys want to do? How do you want to try and resolve this situation? Or Mirren just walk away? Would like one one last shot uh, with Cole. And she wants to kind of like lean in. When I was a young girl, uh, my grandparents raised me and they taught me a lot of stories. And I want, Cole, to give you a new story. Your story right now lacks uh, understanding. And I think, so here, memorize this tale and maybe it will help you. It's, I think, a little bit like you, but it's, it's, it's a little dark. Um, and there was, and she'll lean in and she'll say, there was a crooked man and he walked a crooked mile. He found a crooked sixpence against a crooked style. He bought a crooked cat, which caught a crooked mouse, and they all lived together in a little crooked house. And you could live with your father in a crooked house. Not normal as we understand it, but this could be your story instead. Give me one final manipulation here. Uh, if the rest of you want to assist her, now's your time. I feel like Zaldrin would kind of just be like what she said. <laughs> yeah, Bacho has got, uh, I mean, I've got no skill in any of this, and he is completely ambivalent. He just wants to resolve it. Gunk kind of wants the heart, but he's gonna not. <laughs> I know you want the heart. <laughs> I really With that do. lore check, you do feel like that heart could be something. I mm. really want it, but I'm not going to interfere with Mirren's attempts here. Audience dice? I would like an audience dice, yes, please. <laughs> Nothing else. Mirren, I'm warning you, if you take some damage here, I'm something will happen. If I take damage at all? If, if you... Uh, push and take a, a damage, something will happen. Uh-oh. All right. There we go. Shit. I have to push. 
But I am also going to take damage because I rolled a one, which means I do <gasps> not get to re-roll that. So here we go. Um, all right. So I have two sixes and two ones. <gasps> I am taking two empathy damage in this one case. Okay. How much empathy do you have left? Uh, uh, I have a total of four, so I'm, I have two left. Down to two. Okay. His face doesn't change. You cannot read him whatsoever. But that melodic voice comes out. I will go with my father, and I will make him live too. And then that darkness in his head, the empty void, you see the, the flickering kind of flares up in the eyes. You see the fire in both uh, empty uh, slots, and then it dies out almost entirely. You don't see the heartbeat anymore. He's not moving whatsoever. He seems to be dead. But then you hear a voice. Mirren, I've missed you. This is Isla, your friend. Mirren does not turn around. Arms start to creak and move, and they bend more than they ever did, fluidly, almost. You still hear the, the sound of the metal, and it almost seems like it's going in to hug you. Uh, the, the hands are still carved into the fists, still the black eyes. Mirren, how, how long has it been? What happened? I, I haven't seen you since... We're taken Since by I the died. things that looked like reavers and wore their skin. You aren't here. You aren't here. You aren't here. You aren't I'm here. I'm right in front of you. Give no. me a hug. I've missed you. No. And it you moves into here. hug. What are you doing? Uh, Mirren is like, the, to the rest of the party, you can see that Mirren is, is made this plea to Cole and then seems to freeze almost. And you've probably seen this before at, at a fountain or two. Uh, and then she's like starting to curl in on herself. Um, and she's like not moving and not talking unless you, she's probably saying the mantra is you're not here uh, over and over and over again. Okay. Do we uh, hear this, this construct, voice coming out of yes. Cole? Uh, this construct is definitely moving towards Mirren. It's not moving fast uh, and it doesn't feel aggressive. Gunk, you're closer to the blacksmith, I'd say, is where it seemed like you were. Uh, yeah. So you're probably the furthest. Zaldrin and Bacho, you were all moving towards this construct. Mirren is frozen, uh, and the construct looks like it's going to grab her. If it has that same heat it had, and it grabs her, that could potentially be deadly. Bacho will uh, break. hunt that, hunt the construct back into the hearth. All right, give me a, a might, let's say. You're not uh, using a weapon. You're just trying to yep, kick it as yep, far as you can, right? Yep, yep. Just trying to get trying to get it out. I will take uh, one audience dice. Okay. Three successes. I won't push it. Three successes. Unless I need to push it. No, you don't. Um, this thing's heavy. You knew it would be heavy. You saw the tracks. You saw it crack the wood beams as it jumped down. You kick it, and it feels like you're kicking a boulder. But the strength in your legs pushes through, and it gives way, and it flies back into the hearth. You hear a rattle after the metallic ringing of the, the metal on the stone hearth. There's a rattle inside. Something is shaking around. 
the fire in the hearth begins to die a little bit, but then it roars back to life. And you hear the same voice of Isla. Mirin, you're letting them kill me again. You're letting the Reavers take me. Here, you're not here. You're not here. You're not here. You can't be here. So Spacho's right next to Mirren. He kind of he just folds folds her into his into his into his furry arms and and has his back to the hearth so she can be huddled into his chest. She'll hey, like, grab the front of his fur chest. Hayrig calls out and starts uh, pushing past Gunk to to go to Cole. You're supposed to help me, not hurt him. When he uh, when he touches me though, uh, can I cast a spell? Absolutely. So uh, he's doing this sort of to try to help him, but he recognize you know Gunk is helping. So as he reaches out and, and grabs me, I'm also going to grab him, and and I will uh, cast a spell as he will suddenly my my hand will go like will will kind of glow with this um, this sort of icy like like muddy look to it and his arm or whatever I'm, I'm, I can grab of him uh, will also begin to just just in in stark contrast to the room uh, just like frost like frostburn basically just just this intense cold as I'm going to cast chill of the grave on him uh, and so I'm going to ah, god I'm gonna upcast oh this is dangerous Right. I, I'm telling you, this guy's a commoner too. He's not gonna. It won't no, take fine. much to take him out. It's fine. Uh, okay. Uh, so I'm, I'm cool. No, no craziness happens. Uh, so he's going to take the victim becomes cold immediately, suffering one point of damage to both strength and wits as a result, and then he continues to suffer one point of damage to these attributes each round until the total amount of damage equals the power level three. Uh, and yeah, that's that's it. So I'm like. You fool! Stay! Do not go further. You will die, and you will get others killed with you. You said that's how much wits damage total? It's going to be one each round, so one right Until now three. immediately, and then and then he'll keep getting an, an, another in strength too, strength and wits and strength. Okay, yeah. Uh, he immediately folds and almost like withers. Uh, he reaches away wrenches his arm away and you see the the cold burn what what have you done you're supposed to help me what? Helping and you, he you starts fool. to and he starts to uh just cry and shake and he starts to like scramble back towards cold but moving so much slower now like he's got to try and get over the table and everything it, he's not going to get there anytime soon So what did we see with this construct when it got kicked back into the fire? Like I know we back. heard kind uh, of the change. Do you, we see you any heard the damage rattle. to it? Uh, it didn't seem to take any damage, no. Uh, and it stayed put for a good amount of time with just Isla calling out for Mirren, don't let the Reavers kill me again. And then the, the construct starts to like sit back up and it seems a little lighter, a little more delicate featured uh, it still has the same blank eyes but it's become thinner and the wire and nail hair has grown a little bit a little bit more halfling like where it's got those curls you're not here you're not here you're not here you're not here 
What are you guys doing? Is it Is moving Bud? at all? Uh, it, it's sitting up, uh, but it's not getting out of the fire. What, what were you going to say, Bacha? Bacha will pick Mirren up and move her to the back of the hall and then put her down and turn around to face whatever is still in the hearth. Okay. Zaldrin? Uh, all right. Zaldrin is going to try to um, take this thing apart. All right, you're making an attack, right? Yes. Don't I will let you get... Out, by the way, and just yep. be like, rip out its heart. <laughs> right, I will let you try. get one free attack here, and we'll be going into initiative, uh, but we will save that combat for next week, so you better do good here. Okay. Um So would this just be a might? This is a, an attack roll. Uh, if you're trying to like jab at it with your spear, that's what you're planning on, right? Uh, I was... Oh, I'm sorry. Describe your action. That might have been the smart thing to do, but what I was going to try to do is actually um, kind of do what Gunk said and just try to kind of either reach oh. in and grab the heart or just okay. like take it apart. Okay, I'm going to want checks then. One for might. And then one for sure. endurance to deal with the heat. Okay. All right. I'm taking an audience dice. Doing the thing that will look cool. I'm not sure that it's going to go well. No, it will look badass. Uh, no, that's not going nope. to go well. Uh, so one. Uh, on is this the might or the endurance? This is the might. Okay. Uh, I probably should have rolled it the other way. So I'm going to take at least one strength. I'm going to re-roll the other ones. One success on the might. Okay. And then uh, roll the endurance the for me. Endurance. Okay. So let me hold on. Let me take this up here. So now I'm down to two strength. Two strength, and I don't actually have endurance. So I'm going to take a <laughs> like three total dice. This is going to be great. If you fail this, uh, you're reaching in to actually grab him. It'll be uh, two strength damage. That'll break me, but I'm an orc. I am unbreakable. Uh, that is nothing, so I'm going to push. <laughs> Doing okay, Jeff. She's just uh, terrible at rolling. That's nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Okay. I'm Melissa. More no, dice. no uh, successes. But uh, all right. Uh, so no you reach in violently to pull this construct out, uh, ready to just throw it and try to rip it open. And what it does is those wooden hands that were balled into fists. You hear them crack and splinter, lightning fast. They split into shards as uh, cracked fingers open up. And they grab your arms where you were grabbing it, and they just dig in. And you hear, Mirren, I won't abandon you. I'll save you. I'll come for you. I won't let them take you. You pull it out, out of the hearth. You are broken by this, too. Uh, go ahead and do your unbroken, 
And this is where we are calling it for the night. We will be going into initiative next week. Uh, just to say it out loud, I'm going to spend two willpower uh, so that I am coming back up. All right, perfect. And you're going to be fighting a little halfling uh, construct thing here. Thanks, y'all. It was a good session. I enjoyed that. <laughs> good game, good game. Uh, Somehow do I some... don't think we're going to get the cool weapons and equipment out of the smith now. <laughs> I mean, we can uh, get him from yeah, once gonna... he dies. I was a little unclear about that earlier. I'm like, do I have the long spear or did I not get the long spear? You did buy it. Yeah, yeah you go have back it. to my other one. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's do some shout outs. Aaron, uh, what do you got going on at Garblack? Let's see. Uh, it looks like starting back on Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, we'll be returning to the Sea of Claws, Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay 4th Edition, some piratical adventures. Uh, then on Thursday, Ben, at the same time, will be running some more Modifius 2D20 Dune Season 3 of Siege Abicat. Uh, we could see some exciting things there. And then Thursday night, I believe we will be starting at uh, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time with Garblag North America, some Edge of Empire Star Wars set in the era of the Mandalorian. So that'll be great. And the next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, Millie will be back with her long running uh, Free League Coriolis campaign. All right. Uh, and Melissa, what do we got going on at Lolly? Uh, so, sorry, I'm just not at all prepared. Uh, so Friday, uh, we're kidding. going to you don't be have to if you don't want to. Back to Blade Runner. Uh, on Saturday, we're back to One Ring. Uh, next week, we are back to uh, Call of Cthulhu Horror on the Orient Express. And then next Tuesday, we are back here. Uh, sorry, I'm talking in chat. Uh, yeah. What else do we got going on, Jeff? Or any? Are we rating? Uh, any more shoutouts? Yeah, we're gonna do some rating. Also, I would say thank you to everyone who threw out some bits and some subs tonight. Definitely appreciate it. You're all very, very generous to us, and we greatly appreciate it. Uh, I mean, we do. Stephen doesn't because he didn't want to thank you, but I, I do, and everyone else here does. <laughs> Uh, mm -hmm. also I was too uh, focused on blackmailing Melissa. Okay. I'm sorry. Oh, for sure. For sure. For sure. Also, if you haven't followed the channel yet, please do. And also check out the YouTube page. Uh, so look for adventures and lollygagging over at YouTube and we have all sorts of games, tons and tons of playlists that we've been doing for the last several years. Uh, so if you're a free league fan, we have plenty of options, but we also have, uh, other games as well. Uh, so go ahead and take a look at that. And I do think we uh, rate because I, I like rating people. So uh, let's raid somebody. Uh, we're going to do the initiative order, I think. Uh, we're going to go ahead and give them a raid. Uh, so I'm going to get that started. Any last words, Stephen? Anything? Just any thank you. I appreciate you watching and uh, come hang out next week. Okay. Fantastic. We're out of here. See y'all. Good night. She's not here. Bye.